This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Okay, welcome back. And now we are going back to a more serious topic, and we are turning to our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And we're talking about mental health, which is a subject that has started to come out of the shadows recently, uh, trying to make less of a stigma about it, make us able to talk about it and, of course, to deal with it. And it is especially important as we age, and that is mental health. And it's important to be on the right medication if you need it. Also important to have a strong and reliable support team. And uh, your pharmacist can help with a lot of the questions, whether it's about the medication, lifestyle changes, or support. And I'm here with Dean Miller. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. Good. So uh, a lot of people are on medication for depression and other mental health conditions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is one of the, um, it's, you know, people have always been scared to call it a, a disease state, but but really it it it's an illness. It's not anything to be... Um, I mean, there's a lot of stigma around the topic. And as pharmacists, we we do see a lot of patients that come in on an everyday basis. In fact, it'd be, I think if I was going to say, what's the most uh, prevalent thing that we, you see out there? You do see a lot of medications uh, for for different types of, of, of mental illness, whether it be anxiety or depression or even more serious things. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give the numbers out uh, so people can call in because a lot of people take these medications. I know that there are interactions, there are side effects. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's talk a bit about depression because I think that's probably the most common. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I mean, depression or anxiety, one of okay. the two, but they're often connected. So, you know, a lot of times people that are depressed also have some anxiety issues as well. So Okay. Uh, and I think that a lot of people who are depressed probably don't even know it. Exactly. There's a lot. I mean, they, the stats are usually about one out of every five uh, Canadians truly has a clinical uh, um, diagnosis of, of, of a depressive illness. So, so it, is, um, it is very prevalent. I mean, one out of every five is, is, is probably more than, like I said, any other disease state. So, so it is. There's a lot of it out there. Um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of people. There's not enough people talking about it. I mean, we've seen some huge changes in the last five years or so when, 
you know, with Bell Let's Talk and organizations like that, to have people a lot more open with their conditions. So as healthcare professionals, pharmacists included, you start to hear a lot more from patients about the topic. They're starting to get more comfortable with it, but it's still a, a huge area of concern about that comfort level. That okay, well, and I, and I want to put it out there to people. So first of all, this is radio, so you have your privacy. And feel free to call in, and we'd like to hear from you about your experience if you're suffering from depression or if you once suffered from depression or if you're on a medication to help you with that the numbers are 416-360-0740 toll free 1-866-740-4740 and uh, you know I think this is something that is also a big topic as we age because I think uh, that there's more of a risk as we age. For sure. And I mean, you know, you hear about like a lot of things like youth suicide and problems with youth. But, you know, with every 10-year increment of age, you know, 10 to 20, 20 to 30 and upwards, um, the prevalence gets more and more. And, and you know, quite truthfully, a lot of a lot of seniors in different, you know, whether it be a retirement home or a long-term care home, I mean, there's a lot of use of medications for anxiety, depression, antipsychotics, those type of medications because that prevalence just keeps going up 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 as you get older and and by the time you're, you know, 75 or 80, usually you're on something for anxiety, sleep, depression or even a, an antipsychotic medication. So, yeah, well, um that's also another issue that antidepressants are are often used to help with sleep. Sometimes people stay on those for too long uh and it can be problematic because it, you know, people fall because they make you kind of hazy. Yeah, the, the senior community, you know, there, there's been a real movement uh, in the last, uh, you know, even ten years about deprescribing, and that, and people talk about prescribing what kind of medications you're on, but a lot of physicians, a lot of pharmacists are now focused on efforts to take people off of medications, and that's a big. That's a big uh, initiative going on in most long-term care facilities, uh, retirement homes that are managed by healthcare professionals. They're not all managed that way, but but um, you know, taking people off medications has found a lot better results than people expected, and that's because I think people are on too many, you know, and 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 often they're just never taken off. And right, too you know, long. Yeah, you know, and all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got seven or eight different medications and you know three or four of those are interacting with each other and a lot of those are those in that classification of antidepressants anti-anxiety medications and they can be pretty problematic especially in in the elderly okay so let's talk about what are the most common types of medications uh, well, the uh, you know you've got they, they're broken up into different classes. So you've got the anti-anxiety agents. Those are the things you know you're feeling a little on edge. You know you just need something to calm down, uh, or you need something to give you a little bit of help getting to sleep. I mean, those are the stuff that uh, most people kind of know about. I mean, Valium has been around for you know 75 years, and uh, you know different derivatives of that called the benzodiazepines have. There's there's a ton of different drugs under that classification. There's other medications. What are some of the common names? Um, so Ativan uh, or Lorazepam, if you get in a generic. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's probably the most common. Well, it is the most common by by a country mile. Uh, that, you know that that's one. Um, you know, and then you get into antidepressants um, and uh, fairly prevalent as well. And there is a ton, Libby. Like there's just. 
you know, uh, antidepressants are, are, are very funny. There's different uh, classes within the class of antidepressants. And, and again, it's a bit of hit and miss. You know, um, there's no real science to, well, you're going to, you know, this one's going to work for you and it'll necessarily work that same way for me, right? So it's a, it's a very experimental process that a physician goes through before they actually find one that, that works fairly effectively. And, so. and again, with antidepressants, what are some of the common names that our listeners would be familiar um, with? Uh, common names. Uh, 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 the one that probably most mm-hmm. people will know about is stuff like Prozac yeah. or, or Zoloft. Uh, those are brand names of medication. They're very closely related, but they're still used a lot. And uh, um, Prozac's been around now for 25 years, um, but that's the one that, that people know the most about, right? So, it, But there's a whole bunch of uh, medications that have sort of come off of those ones, right? So so there's a, there's a ton of different uh, medications out there. So, And what are some of the common side effects? Uh... There's a lot. Um, you know, uh, looking at both anti-anxiety and antidepressants, there's a lot of bothersome things, and and that's the one as pharmacists we probably get the most um, questions about. Why, why is my mouth dry? Why are my eyes itchy and dry? Why isn't this medication working? You know, um, you know, I'm getting a muscle twitch. Uh, I've lost my appetite, or I have a tremendous appetite. Right? You know, they, you know, weight loss, weight gain, depending on which medication you use, is huge. Um, lots of stuff with dry mouth and dry eyes, or I get a residual effect the next morning, I can't get up, uh, you know, I don't feel right. Uh, this medication was supposed to make me more focused and feel better, and it's doing the opposite. I feel worse, right? And and there, it's a, it's a very problematic class of drugs to kind of find what's right and then get on the right dosing and, and, uh, and regimen to kind of make you feel good again. It can interfere with your sex drive too, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's a big one. Uh, um, you know, I, again, either increased or decreased depending on what type of medication you're on. Uh, but it is a very common thing that we get, you know, and, and again, these medications are there because people want to feel better. And often they, they look at it and go, my God, what, what, what am I being put through? I, I, I feel worse. And how long, um, how long are, are people generally on it before you uh, can figure out whether it's working or not? Well, yeah, anti-anxiety uh, medications usually will give you some relief right away. So those are the ones that kind of, like I said before, kind of take the edge off, help you sleep. Uh, you should notice an immediate impact on, on things like that. Antidepressants are a totally different story because antidepressants as a class take a while and and you know people that's that period of time when people are automatically saying i just i don't feel good i feel worse now I, you know my doctor put me on something to make me feel better and i feel i feel worse so uh, typically you know anywhere from 2 to 6 weeks before you're actually going to get some decent relief from most drugs in this class so people have to be patient but that's a time as a pharmacist that we get a lot of questions from from patients so you know it's a time when if you do have questions, it is a good thing to go and, and, and visit us as, as a healthcare professional that knows a lot about uh, the medications you're on. But it's a, it's a time where it's, it's kind of critical to get those questions answered and what's being caused by the medication and maybe what's being caused by the, uh, the, uh, the, the illness. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with Dean Miller, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We are talking about medications for anxiety, for depression, uh, antipsychotics, but of course he is here to answer any and all of your related questions. We're going to go right to the phones. We've got Marilyn in Toronto. Hello, Marilyn. Hello. How are you? Fine. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, this is a question for Dr. Miller. Um, I'd like to know when and if cannabidiol, uh, or it's sometimes known as CBD, a constituent of marijuana, can be offered as an alternative to antipsychotics. Well, it's a great, it's a great question. Yeah, it's a great question. Thank you, um, because. You know, I mean, we're right in the middle of this marijuana cannabis discussion. Yes. So, um, you know, with uh, potential legalization in 2018. So a lot of uh, a lot of the research, and there's not a lot of it around cannabis that has come out yet, but there's a lot going on around the, the topic of, of depression and anxiety and, and that sort of thing and how cannabis contributes to it. So I haven't seen any like specific studies that deal specifically with just the use of cannabis uh, but a lot has come out around how it augments uh, other medications that 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 you might be using so so there is some it's starting to kind of creep into the research now where where you're starting to get um, a lot more credible information because it's actually backed up with some real science around uh, the use of cannabis in in patients that are you know, have a little bit of anxiety or depression and or even something more serious. So, is it useful, not useful? Well, so far, it's pretty encouraging to date. You know, like, I mean, what we've seen, I mean, again, time will tell on these studies that, you know, over time is usually sort of the telltale sign. But but so far, uh, results are pretty encouraging. And, uh, you know, us as pharmacists, we're starting to get educated on the topic of the use of cannabis. So uh, I think um, this might be one where you might go to your pharmacist who might say, I probably don't know much more than you do, but there's others that are starting to get a lot more educated. There's a lot more education starting to come out on the topic. So, Okay, does that uh, sort of answer your question, Marilyn? Not really, but I thank you. <laughs> okay, no. we tried our best. Yeah, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, Margaret in Little Britain. Hello, Margaret. Hello. <laughs> um, yes, I'm calling about uh, a particularly anxiety pill that I'm taking called, I can't pronounce it, it's E-S-C-E-T-A-L-O-P-A-M. Yep, yep. Uh, what is that? Yeah, it's a, again, as we What's were talking before, uh, a set, I, I think the spell, it was it E-S-C? I have to write that down. E-S-C? Uh, yeah. Uh, Margaret, where are you? Escitalopram. Oh. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so so uh, Margaret, you're on sort of one of those me- medications that I said sort of was a um, uh, like a little sister of of, of a parent uh, medication that yeah, we all know as as Valium kind of thing. So oh my God. so well, you know, a, a much shorter acting. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, shorter acting usually means less side effects, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, go ahead. 
so so that's why it was developed. So, you know, like I said before, Valium's been around for 75 years, but this medication's only been around for, say, the last 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. And because it's shorter acting, it, it tends to have less side effects. Uh, it doesn't give you that residual effect the next morning as much as some of the other ones do. Um, and that's the big problem with potent medications like Valium is people wake up okay. the next day, people wake up the next day and they feel terrible. Whereas yeah. with medications like this, not not as much. Okay. I'm just wondering if uh, if there's any way that, that it's harmful to keep on it or is it something that I can get? Um, you know, I mean, kind of a rule of thumb with this type of medication is if you don't have to use it all the time, don't. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you can kind of get away with, you know, I'm feeling pretty good today. I don't feel like I'm on edge. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I need anything to kind of get me to sleep, depending on what you're using it for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't take it. You know, it, it's okay. it's definitely a, a medication to kind of take as you need. And because oh, it's good. so short-acting, it works pretty quick. So, Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. Yep. You're okay. Welcome. You're okay. welcome. Thank you. Good advice. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Bill in Burlington. Hello, Bill. Hi. How are you doing today? Fine. How are you? Not too bad. I've listened to your show quite often and uh, find it very informative. And thank you. I'm always meant to... Uh, call in and, and uh, discuss with, with Mr. Miller my issue. He probably doesn't have much that he can tell me, but uh, I was uh, told I had an allergy when I was about 15 and put on a pill called Atarax, which uh, my parents basically told me to uh, either get off of it or get out because it uh, um, made me so miserable, I guess. And then I was uh, downgraded to a thing called Dopsapin, and then kind of forgot about it. I was never told that it was an antidepressant. <clears throat> I was on it for about 30 years. Yeah. And um, why I why I went on it was because I had an itch, which uh, whenever I scratched, it came up in hides and so on. So yeah. um, I have the side effects I seem to have is uh, it ruined my uh, fourth and fifth stage of sleep. I have strength issues, uh, waking up issues. I haven't been on it for over 10 years now, but uh, I, I think I'm still suffering from side effects, and I'd just love to hear what you have to say and why why I maybe was forgotten about, maybe because uh, I was young and um, my parents were kind of out of the loop, and I just didn't know, so some of it will be my own ignorance, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. Well, I think, the, you know, starting with the Adaracs, the Adaracs, again, is is – what you would call an old class of, of antihistamines that have been around a very, very, very long time. And, you know, when you get that type of eczema or uh, the type of rash that, you know, produces an itch, like you were saying, uh, that was a very common treatment. Uh, now, Adorex is barely used at all anymore. Um, you know, so, so, but, you know, again, it was, the problem with it was it caused, as you were describing, a disruption of sleep. It caused uh, excessive drowsiness. And, and, you know, once you took yourself off of it, you know, you you would have trouble falling asleep because you, you became almost dependent on it to, uh, because of the drowsiness that it caused. Now, uh, do, I think it was doxepine, the second one you, you, yeah, you said. But, yeah, but bear in mind, when, when I was on any of them, I never had any issue falling asleep. I could sleep 8 to 10, 12 hours, yeah. but I'd wake up exhausted. Yeah. Uh, and had to drag my butt sort of thing all day long. Just yeah, to, uh, yeah. I, I, and again, you, what you describe uh, uh, is, uh, Bill, is exactly, um, you know, what what a lot of people get with these type of medications because they both affect 
the quality of your sleep. Uh, and then when you take, take it away, all of a sudden you get, um, you know, a, a reaction, uh, almost what they call like a rebound reaction where you do have uh, and you do have continued problems with getting to sleep and staying asleep uh, until the morning. So uh, what, what you're describing, I, I'm surprised 10 years after the fact it's still going on. Um, there's certainly no level of medication in your system anymore, but I think it was just sort of a, almost like a, a psychological dependence that, that was created because both of these drugs have, have the potential to do that. And Adorax, like I said, I mean, is barely, is there anything it's still that, around, but it's barely ever used. Is there anything he can do now? Well, uh, I mean, there are other sleep aids available, but again, you just sort of replace one, one product with another product. Uh, I mean, there's some natural, um, natural health products that you can use. I mean, specifically, melatonin has become very mainstream. Um, uh, three milligrams of melatonin. All the big vitamin and natural food companies do make it. I mean, that's a, that's a suggestion. I mean, there's other, you know, like you can buy chamomile and, and, and in a tablet form, that sort of thing for those. Are, but those are natural products. Yeah, a melatonin, so. I mean, it works for jet lag. Mm-hmm. On most people yes. I talk to, so yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right, Libby. That's one of the most common things you see people use melatonin for. But but a lot of people are starting. There was a great uh, a great study just the other day talking about it for sleep. Three milligrams, uh, you know, in the evening when when your when your body starts to. I think an hour before it. you want to go yeah. to sleep. Yeah, yeah. It takes, Bill, why it don't you try that too? So, that, see, that's the thing. I have no trouble going to sleep, and I can oh. sleep sound all night long. It's when I wake up that I mm. still feel like I am asleep. And then I'm tired all day long. Mm. I was told by a sleep clinic that I, uh, my uh, fourth and fifth stage of uh, sleep I was not getting. Uh, that was only a couple of years ago. But they, they, uh, they said, we, we have no idea what to tell you to do. But your fourth and fifth stages of yeah. sleep, are, you're not getting them. So that's why you're not. Yeah. Uh, Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Bill, I've been around pharmacy for a long time. And I, your story, I mean, uh, around the, that drug you mentioned, mm-hmm. Adorax, I mean, we used to hear all kinds of bad stories about disruption of, of lifestyle and work and stuff. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised if that's the, that's the culprit you're talking about. Okay, Bill. Sorry we can't help you more. Thank you for your call. I just wanted to help enlighten somebody else in case they uh, might get caught in the same trap. Okay, thanks for that. Thanks, Bill. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, we have time for one more. We've got Morella in Toronto. Hi, Morella. Hi, how are you? Fine, you're on the air. Okay, um, I just want to ask a question about uh, antipsychotic uh, medication. Go ahead. Sure. Um, I was told that, because um, my son's on it, I was told that there was heroin in, in that antipsychotic. What is it? Um, I forgot the name of it, but it's an antipsychotic uh, medication. Well, Mirella, I can tell you that like heroin is, is a very, very restricted product in, in Canada. I mean, it is available on an emergency basis, and of course... Most people know it as a drug of abuse, but but it it, it is not an active ingredient in any pharmaceutical approved pharmaceutical product in this country. So so I can re- you can rest assured that that would not be in any um, pharmaceutical product that your son would be taking. Would it be an opioid, maybe? Uh, well, heroin is an o- opioid, yeah. and of course but, we all know what the, yeah. the issues with that are right now, right? But oh, is it in the Valium? Family, family, yeah. Uh, it is not. No, it's it's not. Okay. It, it's completely different. Yeah, it's more like well, more. It's more like I'm morphine. I'm very uh, so. agitated sometimes, so I yeah. just wonder where uh, that's coming from. 
Um, I, I'm not sure who told you that, but that that would be untrue. Um, yeah. Um, uh, if you call back next week with the name of the drug, uh, uh, our pharmacist will be able to give you a little more information. Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. Morella. Thanks very okay, much. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Um, that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Dean Miller, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, thanks so much. You're welcome, Libby. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.